Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. How are you this week? And what is our theme? I'm doing well, and I'm excited to tackle card number seven, the iris flower, representing impermanence. Before we describe this flower for folks, I want to share a text message that I received a couple days ago from uh, a friend, Justine, who's in Topanga, California. And she said, in the middle of a workshop she's doing with folks in Germany on story banking basics, uh, everyone was in a breakout room and she broke out her gratitude blooming deck and chose three cards. The three cards she picked were Delphinium, which is infinite possibility, Poppy, which is remembrance, Gardenia, for gentleness. And she went on to say, just what I needed to pause and reset. You know, I think that's just, it's beautiful to receive these stories from folks who are using the gratitude blooming cards out in the wild. You know, this is in a corporate workshop um, with folks in Germany and just taking a few moments to just pause and just sort of reflect on these cards and, you know, receiving that infinite possibility and that remembrance and that gentleness uh, to sort of restore and get ready to go on. So thank you for continuing to share your stories with us. They mean the world to what we're trying to build and share. So thank you. So this week's card is the iris or the flower is the iris. And maybe if you could describe Belinda, what the artist Arlene Kim Suda really expressed in this sketch? Well, it's one single flower and you really get the feeling of the way that it grows, kind of, it's like got these long leaves that extend out and then the flower kind of goes up into the air and and there's six different petals. And in this version of the iris, it feels like it's almost about to bloom. So you're, you're kind of not really seeing all of the beauty of the petals. It's just right at the edge of its full bloom. So there's a little bit of mystery there in terms of the way that it's growing. And I just love how the word is written. Um, I remember using this card deck with my dad and he pulled this card randomly and he looked at me with a furrow brow. He's like, I think something's wrong with this card because you can't see the word. <laughs> and it's just wonderful how Arlene just plays with the the way that it's almost faded out um, in pencil, the word impermanence right next to the, the leaf of the plant. Yeah, you start seeing the, the first few letters and then it really just barely the trace and then it kind of comes back and it's just a, a wonderful representation of impermanence. It's sort of like it's there, but not there. And then it's back. And so it has that beautiful movement uh, to it. I love that my dad was like, something's wrong with this card. He's a very stubborn person. So he doesn't understand when they, there's flexibility. In you know, it's so funny you say that because my dad actually said the same thing to me. He was like, I love the cards. The illustrations are beautiful, but the typology, I, I don't understand. Like, it's really hard to read. I'm like, well, dad, you know, it's part of the art. And if you can't read it, there's also, it's just 
typed out at the bottom as well. <laughs> it's uh, I don't you know I mean we should get our dads together and they have like a very fun conversation. You know, this is probably um in the too much sharing category, but he my dad did like uh FaceTime me yesterday, a video Aww. FaceTime. And you know, it was wonderful. I haven't I caught up with him in a little bit. And at some point I'm like, "Dad, why are you showing me your ear?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I didn't realize I was on video." <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, you're on video. So, you know, anyways, it is wonderful to, you know, have in some ways this dialogue, though, right, that um, that across generations and like, how do we communicate with and how the technology changes and evolves uh, and shapes how we uh, can communicate um, in these times. So what is the flower iris? communicate to us uh in terms of you know where does it come from any interesting facts i found that the word iris itself means rainbow and how beautiful is that because a rainbow is all about impermanence yeah so the iris originated in greece and some of the mediterranean countries and so they actually call the, the iris is literally a greek goddess of the rainbow And according to Greek mythology, Iris was the messenger of the gods, a connection between heaven and earth. And um, in many ways, it reflects all the different colors of this flower, just like the rainbow. It's one of the few that we uh, have looked at recently where there's just so many different colors. Um, So literally the whole spectrum of the rainbow and And it tends to bloom in the early summer. Um, So again, it's kind of this reminder of this emergence of of this energy of summertime. And and it's also a symbol of of royalty. So in in Egypt and in France, actually, the fleur de lis is the national symbol of France. And and the the purple iris is actually uh, reflects this symbol of power and royalty. So it's just beautiful to imagine all these different cultures really like having this reverence for this flower i can't wait to hear what arlene says (laughs) but like the fact that if she saw the impermanence uh before she actually found out that the word iris means rainbow i'm going to be blown over it reminds me though of this artist michael jones mccain who when i was working on the la river uh, we got connected because he was really interested in recycling water and how do we treasure water in a different way? Um, and, you know, Los Angeles River, like, I think like 70% of LA's water drains down the river, right? And so in an area that can go for many months, if not years without water, like how we treat water is very important. And so his art project was to create rainbows out of reclaimed water like huge rain like rainbows that would go over like multi-story buildings and so and it was a way to help us make visible something that maybe we don't pay attention to right because oftentimes water we just oh we just turn on the tap and then there's water and and we just sort of assume it's there and because we assume it we make it invisible and so he was like well how do we sort of celebrate the water in a different way. And so he created these like huge rainbows out of reclaimed water to help us sort of appreciate its value and the fact that it's impermanent. I love this flower in particular because it's one that's very present on our land in Mount Shasta. And I remember the first time I saw it starting to bloom, I, I, it was like this surprise in like late spring, early summer where 
you can basically see all of its leaves throughout the year. And then all of a sudden they start to emerge and it's like this, these beautiful colors and beautiful patterns of gold and purple. And, um, and what's interesting is they literally do bloom and then they're gone the next day. And so it just creates this, you know, appreciation for them when they're, when they're in full bloom, because I started to realize that if I didn't stop to really look at them, by the next day, they'd, they'd be they, they'd be gone. It was so sad. <laughs> and and I I love this um, I don't know the rainbow idea because it it's impermanence. It's very impermanence gives it awe. Because if there were rainbows up all the time, we wouldn't appreciate them. But the fact that they're ephemeral and that they go away is what makes them valuable. And in and it's so contrary to how we think about things often, which is like I want this to be permanent. I want stability. I want this thing to not change. Right. And so in, in the etymology of the word permanent per means forward and the sort of the manent part uh, means remain. So forward remain like, so to the end, we want this to remain. And when you do that, then things can't change. They can't evolve. And so impermanence is not having that, willing to sort of let these things go um, and sort of unfold in different ways. It's interesting how we're transitioning into some of the harder themes. You know, last week of beautiful sadness and this week of impermanence, it, it, it does feel like they're very connected also. Yeah, it's there's a leaning into um, fragility mm. uh, and connection. I think I've mentioned before on one of the previous podcasts that uh, one of the meditation methods that I like is called the uh, Anapanasati Sutta, and it comes from the 16 contemplations of Buddha. And it's broken out into 16 contemplations, and the last four are all around impermanence, fading away, cessation, and relinquishment. Mm. And I love that when, when I get to that part of the meditation. Because then it, I actually, I feel a release of like, this is not my responsibility. <laughs> There's only so much that I can actually sort of control and I need to like, and it's like, I love the relinquishment because then it's sort of like, I get to give back everything that I've sort of tried and you know, doing. i like, hey, this was my best effort. And now I am relinquishing it to the world and letting the world sort of then do whatever it's going to do. And and there's something also, whenever I get to this part of the meditation, I think of composting. Mm. And, <laughs> and like, I actually sort of like, I sort of, I don't know, I try to embody composting in that part of it. And it's sort of because it's it's all about transformation, right? Like you take something, leftovers oftentimes, Things that you would might throw away, old newspapers or, you know, vegetables or whatever. And then it transforms into black gold, this soil that's like so rich. And like literally, I forgot how many millions of microbes like are in just a handful of healthy soil. And so impermanence and this transformation is actually creates this rich sort of environment for growth. I can totally imagine you meditating and... <laughs> And that being part of your visualization. I'm going to try that in my next meditation. Uh, I mean, be compost, mm. right? Like that, that is the like 
thinking about impermanence and transformation, you know, so that we've given two extremes here, mm. right? From rainbows <laughs> to compost, <laughs> you know, what can impermanence look like uh, in your life and how do you practice it in very sort of tangible um, ways? So uh, I'd love to hear, we, we have our guesses on this card, but it would be wonderful to hear what the artist uh, Arlene Kim Suda found after she sketched the iris. Here is the story of the impermanence card, featuring the iris. This is another drawing made during a visit to Belinda's Retreat Center in Mount Shasta. The drawing was inspired not only by this flower that was growing by the water's edge, but also by the river and the clouds passing overhead. They all seem to have the same message about impermanence. We and all our surroundings are all changing in each moment we live. Nothing stays the same. Compared to the clouds and the river, this iris felt more permanent, though I knew that in a few days or so, even this flower would probably lose its petals and start to fade away. Did that make it even more precious that I could witness it blooming? In many ways, I think art in its various forms, drawing, music, writing, whatever form of expression you choose, tries to capture those precious moments like a snapshot. And I think underlying a lot of the urge to create is a hope to capture a thing or a feeling to make it last, because deep down, perhaps even subconsciously, we all really know how precious each moment is. Like the moment I spotted this iris. The moment I decided to start drawing it. The moment I heard a message of impermanence while watching the sky and the river pass by. The moment I drew the word impermanence and then gently erased some of it away. I think we know each of the seemingly mundane moments in life is precious. We just get busy or stressed or distracted and sometimes forget. I think that's partly why I love the work Belinda and Omar are doing on gratitude so much, because I think they are trying to create new ways for us to remember how precious each moment we have here is. Wow, we're getting a shout out from Marlene there. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I love this balance between what's precious as impermanent versus, and she even used the word capture. Like sometimes what's precious, we try to capture. And when we capture something, we don't want it to sort of change. And yet part of what makes it precious is the fact that it has to go. It has to like evolve um, and it becomes many different things. Wow. I could just feel where she was in that moment, sitting by the creek and seeing the, the flower. And I totally forgot that this flower was inspired by her visit on the land. I think in that same trip, she uh, created a sculptural piece that we now call the Tree of Transition for death and rebirth. So it just feels like there's this overwhelming sense of how nature is constantly trying to show us about, you know, teach us about change. And you talk a lot about that, Omar. And I, in this moment, I'm really feeling that that moment where she was just savoring every single drop of the flower and the and the creek and the and the clouds and how often do I stop to notice you know nature in that way and and just really no, seeing that change as it's happening 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't it, there's, there's a paradox you just laid out and there's an irony in you're like, one, the need to pause and a reminder to pause to appreciate something. And then once you do pause to appreciate, you're like, but I don't want to let it go. Right. So the very thing that you were willing to kind of just sort of ignore and kind of not see, then all of a sudden when you do see, you're like, this is so beautiful. I don't want to let it go. And, you know, it's just this, I don't know, it's this constant sort of reminder of like, how are we noticing? Like, what are we really paying attention to? And, and, you know, and by saying that we're also sort of like, what am I taking for granted and what am I ignoring and what am I not actually sort of appreciating right now and could sort of tune into. Um, and at the same time, when do I then get over attached and I can't let something go, right? Like I can't release it. I got this beautiful message on LinkedIn from this woman, Maria in Greece. And she wrote, peace never comes to you. You have to go visit it and stay as long as you can peace is a decision. You have stress because you choose stress. You go visit stress and stay as long as you want. It is also a decision. And I just love that metaphor of what are we visiting, right? Because when you visit something, you recognize that it's inherently impermanent, right? Like I'm not staying here. I'm not living here. I'm just visiting, right? And like we can visit lots of different things, right? We can go, how often do we go visit gratitude? We're like, hey, I'm gonna go see how gratitude's doing and like sort of check in and and then also realize when sort of challenging emotions, they're just visiting, they're visitors, you know? And like, you're like, hey, you're a guest. Thank you for coming. Uh, now it's time for you to leave, you know? And and, and we, we think about this in um, like a cold. When you have a cold, you say, I have a cold. You don't say, I am a cold, right? <laughs> you don't, you're not embodying like, I am now a flu. No, you say, I have the flu. And I think it's the sort of same thing. It's somehow in emotions, we forget that. We were like, oh, I am happy or I am sad. You're like, no, you're actually just visiting happy. You're visiting sad. You're having these moments and then they go. And And, and this is where I think, the impermanence is so important, right? Is that when we can sort of realize that these things are just visiting or we are visiting them, you're embracing this impermanence in a much more sort of gentle way, right? Like, okay, this feeling is visiting me, good or bad, it's here. And then that visitor will go and and you don't have to sort of embody it and take it on and have it be this weight, you know, um, in an unnecessary way. Yeah, it's interesting the way that you describe it as a as a visit, because I literally felt this feeling of impermanence this week, which um, felt, you know, kind of beautiful and sad at the same time. I um, I'm right now I'm in uh, Mexico because there was this friend of mine who literally had probably the worst two years of anyone I've ever met, uh, anyone that I know uh, during the pandemic. She lost her father and wasn't able to go to his funeral, just was only able to do it during Zoom. It was during the peak of the pandemic. And every time she wanted to take a vacation, something else would happen. And so she invited uh, seven of us, so interesting, card number seven, to go on this trip. And we planned it for like several months. And 
And I remember her even asking right before we were about to take our flights, like, are you all okay traveling right now? Because I don't want to put anyone at risk. And we were all like, we want to celebrate life with you. You've had the worst two years of anyone we know. We want to be here for you and celebrate life. And so we had this beautiful time together by the beach. And and because it was the first time she had ever taken time away in the two years, it was like every moment was something to be savored. You know, the the meal that we had together, the sunsets we had, it was it was like almost seeing it for the first time in our lives because we hadn't been together in person like that. And and I remember when everybody, you know, were gradually taking their flights out of the house that we were renting, um, this feeling of like, wow, this time is over. It's ending. And the sadness around that ending. And um, so, yeah, this this feeling is so present for me right now. Just like how how can we really savor that the present moment, knowing that it's going to shift and just acknowledging that like there, there is a little bit of, you know, sadness with, with that feeling of things changing. Mm. I mean, that was last week's podcast theme, you know, around beautiful sadness and when are we having to say goodbye, but not sort of, you know, I love that you're, it's not sad sadness. It's beautiful sadness. Like there is a beauty in the letting go, even if it is sad. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable when we get to share these um, themes, how then they show up in our lives. You know, there was someone who I'm starting to collaborate with and her mother is in hospice. And, uh, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, I just, want to let you know that you're you and your mom are in my thoughts and and uh then she sent me this beautiful poem that she wrote of all her memories of her mom and it was just this like amazing gift a to receive and for her to feel comfortable sharing that with me and then i can also imagine in a year or two years from now that she has this record that sort of of all these things that she was celebrating of her mom while her mom was still with her. Uh, And then there's that tension, right? Like the letter in some ways does create a little bit of permanence, a little bit of memory, a little bit of something to hold on to at the same time. Obviously she's um, in the process of letting go of her mom in this moment. And that's, and that's why I think, you know, it's really important as we look at these themes and these emotions that we move away from like, this is good and this is bad, right? Impermanence is good. Um, permanent is bad, right? Like, no, it's not, you know, like it's about just learning to sort of visit with these feelings as they come up and be like, oh, okay, this is something I can really hold on to. And this is something I need to really let go. Um, and just realize as the person Maria said, these are decisions that we have, we can make. These are choices. We have some agency, right? I think that was like the big realization for me as I got deeper into these practices, like, oh, I can choose to pay attention to some of these things or not, right? I can trigger this positive feeling or be triggered by this negative one. And then to kind of get to a point where it's like, oh, this is neither negative nor positive. It's just It is what it is, and I now can sort of choose how I want to respond to it. 
Uh, it's interesting how a lot of the stories that we're receiving from, you know, listeners and people in the community, it, it evolves around inflection points and transition and and how impermanence is so present during those points. And even on this trip, when just the night before we were all going to go home, um, we sat in a circle. There was a circular table and the it was this beautiful stone table. It took 50 people to move this table to this house. And we put the gratitude blooming cards in the middle of the circle table. And we rolled the table and people just pulled a card just to support their transition back. Because everyone was mm. kind of dreading the, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to be back in the grind again. How am I going to, you know, maintain this level of awe and, 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 you know, celebration of life? There was this heaviness that was starting to happen just the night before. And just being able to take a moment to have a reminder about, you know, how do I need to show up for myself as I transition back into life? It was really powerful. And um, for the friend that brought us all together, she got the celebration card. And it's mm. funny because there's an iris in that bouquet of for celebration. And she was like, yeah, I need to be reminded of what it feels like to celebrate. And this is what I'm going to take with me. And yeah, it, it just strikes me how how important it is to visit with impermanence and be with that when we're in this in these little small transitions or big ones. Yeah, I, I love I, I, the feeling that I'm getting as you're talking is just lightness, right? Like, how do we sort of treat these things a little bit lighter because it can get heavy, right? Oh my God, we're we're leaving, we're going back, and then all of a sudden, just mm. like you're, you're you're sort of weighted down, and you know, it's just. How do we make sure that our emotions don't have a gravity to them where they weigh us down, but that the gravity is just enough to allow us to be connected and to keep moving, right? Like we on earth are living uh, with a certain amount of gravity. And if things were, if gravity was too strong, we couldn't move, right? Like we, we probably wouldn't be here first and foremost, but like, you know, or if gravity was too light, we'd be floating out into space, right? And so what is the right amount of gravity to hold these things together, right? Mm -hmm. Enough for us to be grounded, but not so much uh, that we float away. Um, That's just, you know, I think as we think about permanence and impermanence, it's like, okay, let's dance with this a little bit. So as people may be going through transitions right now and, you know, like we're hearing, you know, friends in hospice to friends, you know, just getting time together and now having to say goodbye. Uh, what What is the theme that you came up with for this card? So the prompt for card number seven, Iris representing impermanence is all things fade and change over time. What can this awareness teach you? What I, what I appreciate in this prompt is the first two words, all things. It's not some things, <laughs> right? Like, it's not, oh, the things that I, I, I want to hold on to don't get to fade or the things that I wish, you know, weren't here would fade faster, <laughs> right? Like, there's no, like, it, it is very democratic. It's all things. Mm. And so then all of a sudden, I don't know. 
I go back to the compost. <laughs> you know, like it just all things can change, you know, and and so like how do we like really allow that transformation to take hold and then really be able to appreciate what can be created from that. What has been something recently that you've had to compost? I'm curious, you know, the past couple of weeks, it feels like there's a lot of things moving for you. It's interesting that you ask this question. So not to get too, well, I guess this podcast is all personal, but um, <laughs> some, another friend called me earlier this week. He's like, you know, somebody, one of my friends was listening to your podcast and they feel like they're eavesdropping on a conversation, you know? And I was like, no, you're not eavesdropping. So this is all meant to be, you know, a living example. So I stepped off the board of a nonprofit organization this week and it's um, one of the leading uh, meditation um, groups in the country. And I just, I realized that as much as I wanted to be in this community of people and as much as I believe in the practice of meditation, I really felt like it was trying to shift an old or institution into new ways. And as folks who've been listening to the podcast may know, I'm I'm deep into sort of Web3 and, and, and in the Web3 world, there's a thing called Decentralized Autonomous Organization, DAOs. And I just feel like there's such a new way in which we can self-organize, right? Like even this sort of the hierarchy of like, this is a board of directors, this is a staff, this is a donor, this is a student, right? Like we create these structures and these roles, which then create identity and then they affect how we show up. And in the reality is we're all human <laughs> and we're all like, you know, trying to show up in the best way that we can. And I feel like sometimes these roles are now starting to interfere with how we we do things. And so I was really sad because I, I really wanted to, you know, I believe in this work, but I also was like, I'm not happy. And so I need to acknowledge that and let it go. So, yeah, that was a big transition for me this week. Thank you for sharing that very real example of just all the feelings that go into making choices around change. You know, I'm hearing you felt this change that needed to happen. And, and you know, going back to courage, like you, your word of conviction for this year, like I'm in awe of how you're living that, even when it's really hard, like that feeling of the grind feels like tight and contracted and I can feel that in my body as you're talking about it. And then it's like, okay, let it go. You know, with opportunities like this, there's like social status and prestige and social networks and, you know, and kind of being like, well, those are real too. But like at this point, like it's not how I want to be. And so like learning to like let go and just keep going. How about for you? What what comes up for you uh, in this question? And I'll just read it again. All things fade and change over time. What can this awareness teach you? It's interesting, you know, and in living in California, we're really feeling this, the shift in the climate, right? Like every summer there's this feeling of, oh my gosh, like what, how bad is the fire season going to be? And I remember people asking me this summer, like, what are you doing 
around this shift in, in, in the climate and all of these fires and you run, you're, you run a retreat center. How are you? In Mount Shasta, in Mount Shasta. which is <laughs> a lot of trees around Mount Shasta. Yeah. And, and, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to change where you decide to plant your roots? Are you going to make things more fire resistant? And one of the things that I said was, actually, I, I'm, pl- I'm planning for impermanence. And it was kind of shocking, I think, for the person to hear me say that. Like, I'm not building stone houses here, you know? Like, one, that would take a very long time. And two, um, I almost, I get this sense, and it's interesting that Arlene got inspiration from the land around this theme, right? Like, with the constant flow of the creek and just there's always a reminder of just like you've got to learn to be with these changes and and what i love about the yurts the roundhouses that we're building is they were houses for the nomadic you know in mongolia and central asia and they didn't they didn't resist change they just created a way to shelter themselves to be with the change <laughs> it it's so you know immediately when you started sharing your story i thought of the three little pigs <laughs> and right the first sort of two pigs they built their homes out of straw and then sticks and and then it was the third pig who their house made out of bricks and you know in many ways metaphor is really powerful right and, and and so we've we tell in these stories like well if you want to be safe from the scary unknown right because that's what the wolf is representing the unknown well if you want to sort of protect yourself from the unknown then you need a house of bricks right like that's in some ways one of the metaphors or the themes of that story and and what if it was the other way around right what if it was that you wanted to build a house out of straw and sticks so that way you can your house can become many things and that you can move and you're not sort of stuck to one place and one way of living. So for you listeners who are, you know, hearing our stories, I'm just curious when you pause to really contemplate the fade and the change of things, all things over time, what comes up for you? We'd love to hear, you know, your story of impermanence. Please keep emailing, texting, posting on all social. It really uh, makes a difference to us. And yeah, keep continuing to share these podcasts. So if anybody is going through a moment of, of beautiful sadness or needs some courage or is recognizing some impermanence, this is a gift that you can give them uh, is to just share these practices. You know, this is how we we create the beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. So as we close this week, Belinda, uh, what practice do you have for us? So this is all to help us feel a little bit more comfortable with change in our lives. So this practice is to focus on a subtle change. So I invite you to focus on the moon for this week. I've been noticing how it looks a little bit like a slice of watermelon in the sky at night. So 
take a moment to really look at the moon tonight. And the next day, and throughout the week, just see how it changes every single day. As a reminder of the subtle change that's always happening around us. What can you learn about change and impermanence just from connecting with the moon and its cycles throughout this week? Sometimes noticing the small changes in nature can help us feel more comfortable with the bigger changes happening around us. So focus on that subtle change of the moon as your practice for this week. Mm. Look at the moon. What a beautiful practice. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Brian. Wish you all well. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.